good. Good. It's, okay, so. Uh, <laughs> sorry. This Tangent. is good. This is like, I feel out. like this whole podcast is like, it's like down one highway, but yeah. we're going off to like yeah. stop at every single yeah. gas station. I, yeah. like, <laughs> all, you know what? Like all these gas stations, there are oatmeal cream pies. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I am hounding these oh. <laughs> you got it. I'm right, the present. Uh, but no, I basically called this girl after. Omnidirectional. Did you say omnipresent? Omni, oh, did I say omnipresent? Yeah. Well, that's well, how the conversations go. Um, <laughs> but no, I basically called this this girl, right? Yeah. After getting, like, we communicated via Instagram and did that whole DM thing. Is that how you, how did you meet her? We, uh, she was always a second row girl at Alchemy. And oh. we're back row peeps, you know what I'm saying? Like we hang out in the back row. Sure. We yeah, say it's pull sure. up, like for the pull up. But, uh, but no, and this colleague that I was working with for a really long time, she, I had asked my colleague, I was like, hey, what's the deal with this girl? Right? And my colleague was like, uh, or coworker, like, oh no, like she's dating someone. Like she's dating someone. <laughs> and I come to find out like months later, like she was not dating oh, someone. No, and I had no. missed the, missed it for a period of time. But no, we, I like called her up, left her a voicemail. She like left me a voicemail back, which in like today's day and age, like people just don't yeah, call, no, right? Sure. I, so the only phone tag I play was with my parents. Oh like, gosh, not, yeah. yeah. Um, but we ended up meeting um, for our first date and like knowing me, like I wanted to set like the day, time and place. Like yeah. it would be like a place like Freehouse or Hewing and yeah. just like drinks. But she literally like messaged me back and she's like, here's the day, here's the time and here's the location. And I was like, Oh shit. Oh, <laughs> I was like, oh, so I got there and I got there like 15 minutes early and like she, I was like, no, I had my, my, my uh, what did I have? My missing in Maine and Patagonia vest on, right? And she showed up 10 minutes late, which turns out it was a power move on her part. Yeah. Um, Classic. Yeah. But it, we referred to it as the interview, long story short, because like she was across from me and I was just like sitting there like this and just like, don't sweat. <laughs> <laughs> it's like twenty one. Yeah, questions. no, but it That's ended up funny. it ended up being great, but definitely got me outside of my comfort zone for sure. So. Um. Okay. So, but how like how was the initial contact made? Dude, she'll she'll she will tell you otherwise, <laughs> but she she straight up slid into the DM. <laughs> she slid. She slid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Very good. Friday night slide in. Friday night's live. Wow. Wow. It's like that. She won't say it was that. She said that it was me interacting with her. Sure. But she slid into the DM for sure. Yeah. 100%. Wow. Right, talk about power moves left and right. I was <laughs> that's it. Yeah. That's it. Was this like a, was this like a response to a story or is this just cold? Raw, no, well, you know, like when you, you, you can do like the, the hand claps yeah. and like yeah. all those the quick reactions, yeah. the quick reactions yeah. one. So, you know, I'm sure I was sending her quick reactions for a, a couple weeks. <laughs> <laughs> that was that. You gotta the, test the waters. Oh, that's it. You gotta you gotta <laughs> test it. You gotta throw out some quick reactions and then see what kind of feedback you're gonna get. You're getting right. nothing. Are back. you pushing a rope or are you getting? <laughs> that's, right. Rope? that's right. That's right. That is right. I how did I forget about that? God, it's good. Oh, we were talking. We talked last week about how, like one of my favorite metaphors for a relationship or just a situation where. You're not it's not the getting the give and take it's like yeah. one person doing all the work it's yeah like, you can't have that it's like pushing a rope 
So it's like, like a hanging ropes. Like you think you're pushing it and you're moving it, but it's actually not going anywhere. And so it's mm. just like how exhausting that is of just like pushing a rope and getting nothing back. Interesting. But Cause someone's gotta be pulling it on there. Yeah. hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Give me back. Give and take, man. Yeah. 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 But uh, the relationship is definitely far off from where where it started. Sure. Yeah. So a bit more casual yeah. than the interview. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Let's what do you about. remember? Like the the most uncomfortable question that she asked you? Oh man. I you know the the one thing that I do remember when during when we were sitting down, like the the waiter came over and I was already there for you know damn near 30 minutes yeah. right so he had already come up four times and asked yeah. if i wanted more water yeah, right? yeah. Like, yeah, dude, i'm good like, like there's someone you, coming i promise are you sure she's real bro? yeah yeah dude I think you, probably, you probably want to leave yeah. brother look but, man, no, I, I get it actually remind me that's not a funny story to tell you after this uh is it dumb and dumber when he's sitting at the bar and he's like is it, he's like is it 10 in the morning she probably meant 10 in the night like 10 in the morning or something yeah. um but no she is so the, the waiter came over and he's like, are you guys just doing, you know, drinks or just doing uh, or what is it? Are you doing drinks? Or are you doing a meal? And she immediately goes, Oh, just drinks. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> so that, I think that was just the most memorable portion yeah. of the experience. Like, the okay. This girl is also a driver, right? Like heavy on the D scale. If you know the disc analysis, so it's just like, I don't, Really? I'm curious to learn. Wait, yeah. do you know the disc? Uh-uh. Oh my gosh. This is like the best personality assessment really? out there, in my opinion. Yeah, literally disc. D-I-S-C. Okay. And the D stands for driver. Uh, and then this is for individuals who are, I'm very high on the D. It's like gung-ho, yeah. just like very direct answers. Um, I hate group text messages, right? And I like don't like exhaustive emails. It's like, I want to just like get it. If I get something in, it's done. Like Are my, you a zero inboxer? My email, I was literally just going to say my inbox is zero. Yeah. Right now. hundred percent, hundred percent. So you guys probably have a high amount of D. Um, so that's driver and you have I, which is influencer. And this is like your people's person, like very bubbly personality yeah. can interact with anyone. If you're in an elevator, right? They're probably going to be like, Hey, how's your day going? Like, you know, yada, yada, I on the eye. Yeah. Um, and then you have S and I, 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 for the life of me, I can't remember what S supportive, I think. Uh, but this is like sense. your, they're, they're very empathetic, right? They care a lot about like how other people feel like on a team. This is kind of the glue that holds everyone together. Uh, and then you have your C, which maybe is concise. It's like data driven. Right? Sure. These Consci- are like conscientious, conscientiousness. Conscientiousness, simplicity. That is a tough word to say. Yeah. S is steadiness. 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 Yeah. Uh, but C is the they're they're all about data, right? So these are the engineers. Um, these are the people that want like the pros and cons written out, right? If they're like going apartment hunting, right? Like they've got the spreadsheets yeah. filled out with like data on like, okay, this one has a balcony, that one doesn't have like a balcony. Hyper rational. Oh, exactly. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, so yeah. Um, but yeah, I knew right away that to bring it back, that she was, you know, heavy on the, like the heavy driver, heavy driver. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, I, you can take free assessments online. You yeah, should check just, it out. You, I just like it literally takes 10 minutes at most. And so is it, 
is it like a scale of one to ten, and it's like me- like measures you on the various yeah, scales? Yeah, curious. Like, so if, if I'm if I'm heavy in one like, area, could I be low in all? Yeah, I just be low. You are it, a potato. I've taken. I've taken. That's funny. I've taken super aggressive ones where you like literally like fill out bubbles like kind of like a scantron, and then you like place that like bubble scan scantron sheet over like a yeah. key which then says that you are like this kind of you don't need to do that yeah. crazy stuff but online it basically is just kind of like think of like a pie chart you know a hundred percent and you are this yeah. and this percentage and this and Got that it. with the the frame that you are everything right you are you are yep. d i s and c mm-hmm. and at certain aspects of your life you might just show up higher in certain categories and in other aspects of your life, you may show up higher in those categories. So you are everything and you can interact with, you know, any one of those heavy personality traits. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of, you know, the environment that you're being presented. I think that's so important when it comes to, the reason that I'm typically turned off to tests like this is that it feels like they are very, they come across as very black and white. It's like, if you are this, then therefore you are not this. And if you are this because of these questions, then you are this always. And the, what the, the, I think what the disc personality assessment is about, it's not about stating what you are. It's about stating how you can best interact with people that show up like this. Right. And it's about establishing how those individuals show up. Right. So it's not about being like, okay, Noah, you're heavy on the, the D and I it's about, yeah. here's what D and I looks like. Right. And because you answered like this, you probably are high in those categories, but then, you know, when someone else, maybe like Connor is showing up really high in those categories as well. So you know how to interact with them. Yeah, right. Like exactly. my life coach, Jason, he knows I'm uh, heavy on the D like the driver. Mm-hmm. So when he sends me like, you know, like times to meet up, it'll be like, Hey, can you do Wednesday? Or it won't even be, Hey, can you, it'll just be like Wednesday, 9am question mark. Yeah. Right. And I'll just be like, yes. Right. right. But like, if I was a C, maybe you'd be like, you know, like, Hey, here's why I think that we should get together. Here are the things that we're going to cover. Here's the agenda. Like here are 18 different proposed times. What's going to work best for you. Sure. If I saw that email, I'd be like, I'd be like, they'd be like, in the back of my mind, it'd be in my inbox and I couldn't respond to it like that and it would upset me. So that, you know? that, is, that explains why you are the only person I know on this planet that sends voice messages. You like that? Like via text. Mm-hmm. I've been, you so, gotta start. You gotta, I, 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 <laughs> it's like a walkie-talkie. I, yeah. I couldn't even, I, you, could, you could tell me, Connor, you have five minutes to send a voice message, go, probably fail. Yeah. Could not tell you how. I didn't even know the well, thing until you did it, and I was like, "It's, what it's, is it's this? fantastic yeah. because you can get across all of the message yeah. that you need to in such a short period of yep. time." Because I feel like I, when I'm interacting with people, especially if I'm yeah. like working and am in flow, yeah. Yeah. right, and someone sends me something thoughtful, I need to get it crossed out the list in less than two minutes. Otherwise, I need to like put it into a different bucket and address yeah. it later. I would prefer to you know cross it out right away. Um, and the only way that I can do that in a very short period of time is doing it with my voice, right? Which is why I like the voice memos as mm-hmm. opposed to like crafting this methodical text, yeah. which is why like if like Emily or like, I don't know, someone else that's very close to me will send me this like, you know, great text message or whatever during the day and they they get the response back that's like, yes, or like, no, they know that be like, okay, Paul's like in flow time. right yeah. now, right? He's like, interesting, you know, interesting. 
So I'm yeah. the, I'm the same way generally. Like in the, my flaw is because I don't do it that way. It ends up happening as I will I will go days without responding <laughs> to the text message, and I'll have them earmarked for days. Oh come on! I'm, I'm that I'm, I'm the kind of guy who will leave text messages unread. So like I've, I've seen back. the preview. It's like okay, I, I need to know to go back. To yeah. This. Same yeah. thing with emails. Same thing with, uh, bless his heart. I had a voicemail from my dad for like two weeks. Oh, dude. Like, yeah, I'm, sorry, dad. You're here. <laughs> so, but I'm, I'm uh, also very like ADHD about, I cannot have a notification. Like I just knowing that I have a notification that's unaddressed. Yeah. And so I have to so like, that's, that's heavy on the driver, yeah. but that's, that's like, like, uh, like an ass wouldn't really care. Right, because like which they, that, <laughs> I get so much anxiety when I look at those phones. It's like twelve hundred emails. I'm like, oh, no, what? Yeah, oh. <laughs> no chance. No, but yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, if, if you do, if you are that person, right, then you just need to set time aside, and I refer to that like two minutes, right? So like I, I'm gonna butcher who it was, but they had like this rule. I want to say that they were in fashion or something, and they had this rule that like if someone brought them something and they couldn't address it in full within two minutes, it would go in like a particular folder, right? Mm. And then every morning at 5 a.m. between 5 and 7, that was their time alone to like go through that bucket, yeah. right? So you can go that route, yeah, right? If you dedicate time aside to like... So with the idea being that then they have the rest of their work time carved out for whatever the high priority exactly are right what you so would call like money what you would things. call like money making activities right what where their the activities are going to produce their business or you know their life like whatever your your metric yeah. is the high what's the highest return on the investment for what they're trying to do at that point in time sure right yeah that's so my the current utility that I use is I, I have a literally, I mean, I have notepads everywhere in this apartment. Um, and so I, what I'll do is it's like, I just, I will just scratch something down. Uh, I'll just like scratch it down as a note yeah. to myself of like, to, as like a reminder to do it later, but that releases my mind. <laughs> okay. That's the only way it's like where I don't have to think about it anymore. Cause yeah. I know it's written down somewhere. Yeah. Um, and that's the only trick. Cause otherwise if, if I just like ignore it, yeah, then it's like that thing claws at the back yeah. of my mind for like the entire day. Oh, and man. it's like, I, I will. So one thing that like, that's been bugging me a lot is like emails and like, um, are you familiar? I, again, like I, I, I feel like I have all of these like theories and like frameworks in my mind, but I, I don't know who the credit goes to at all. Yeah. Right. But it's like the, like the time matrix Stephen Covey Stephen yeah. Covey where you've got, exactly yeah, exactly yeah. right where I've been feeling lately that like emails that, that that they feel both urgent and important right where there that's probably not the case so I've been yeah. working on like the belief that like emails are non-urgent and not important which yeah. has been like something that I've been trying to reframe for a while yeah. actually so that's been a big I don't know that We've talked about this, but uh, we like recently um, before I, I was in Missouri two weeks ago, and but before I did that, our work switched over IT systems and like our email, mm. and so uh, for whatever reason, it like didn't go through on my phone, and so I don't have my work email on my phone anymore, and it's been an absolute complete game changer, like in a good way, in the best way yeah, possible, hundred percent, um, and that's it, that it, this whole situation of like the story 
especially as like a younger attorney who's like trying to prove yourself is you create this story of that every single email is urgent mm-hmm. and like, you know, crucial and important. And like, you're going to get fired if you don't answer this email in five minutes mm-hmm. with like a thoughtful response. And then once you realize that once you don't have it on your phone for two weeks and you realize that nobody's opinion of you has shifted, <laughs> it just blows that idea yeah. that you like built up in your it's mind. Like, it's the notion that at times, it, it might be better to slow down yeah. so that you can speed up, right? Like yeah, maybe, absolutely. maybe especially as high drivers that all of us are probably that taking the time to like, maybe actually craft something respond like that that's thoughtful back yeah. to this individual, right? During that time that you set aside for thoughtful responses, yeah. maybe that's actually better than not. So that's so the, one of my favorite, again, I'm going to, I'm going to, I never not of your <laughs> I don't know the attribution of this, uh, but it, I think I've probably mentioned this in passing where it's like, um, where we get so concerned with staying on top of everything. We can't get to the bottom of anything. Mm. And so it's like this constant consumption of email and text and news. Uh, and everybody's so hyper-focused on staying on top and like the trendiest. And so nobody, everybody lives surface level, right? Like nobody yeah. picks their dive spots and goes deep where they want to go deep. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that I've been trying to think about. And that's where as I try to write more, especially with the type of writing I like to do it, like that requires, I just like have to be, I have to like literally carve out a whole morning. So like this morning I was like writing all morning until like noon. And it's like, I have, I need that six hours to like yeah. get to that space. Um, that I love that. I love that. And I like a belief, a really strong belief that I have is that success comes through failure heartache and struggle like you cannot have success unless you go through those those aspects it's like if you want to be successful right a successful writer or a successful athlete or whatever that is like you have to spend the time to like go through the trenches Mm -hmm. and like whatever those trenches are for you to come out on the other side like you can't just go right to the mountaintop without having that that struggle on the way up you know that's what was um the neuroscientist that was just on Joe Rogan and he talks about how essentially yeah, this idea of like neuroplasticity and like how to create these new uh, like connections and like synapses firing in your brain to like grow mentally. But he talks about how like the necessary ingredients are acetylcholine, which is just like when you really focused, um, mm-hmm. adre- adrenaline also called norepinephrine which is weird, but it's, it's yeah. just adrenaline. And so it's like that, that stimulant response, you can get through like caffeine, whatever. So it's like the acetylcholine. So it's like a stimulated, uh, physiological system Mm -hmm. combined with the space to focus on something puts you in the zone. It's like the zone of proximal development. Okay. And the the other necessary ingredient for like growth is at an agitation point. I think that's what you're getting at. Uh, with like, you need to get in the trenches. Like something has to agitate you. Like something has to shake you from your current grooves that your brain has made yeah. in order to like carve new grooves. Um, have you heard of uh, neuro associative conditioning? I have not. So it's the idea that by, and you can do this, like this is something that I will do with my life coach. Yeah. It's like, if you close your eyes, right. And you picture yourself like a year from now, but it's in a year from now, it's the person that you don't want to be. Like if everything went sour, like yeah. what does that feel like? What are your relationships yeah. look like? Like what's your bank account 
look like? Like feel it, right? Like yeah. literally feel the pain, right? What does it look like five years from now? And you can extrapolate that out. Like what are the relationships in your life? Like what is the detriment done to them because of the things that you've done in a negative way? And you feel that pain. Yeah. And once you've felt that pain, that conditioning, then you can flip the script and then you can start to build positive sure. beliefs yeah. as opposed to, you know, yeah. continuing to fill the life of limiting beliefs. Yeah. They yeah. call it neuroassociative conditioning. I don't know nearly as much about it as, you know, the person who talked to me <laughs> about it, but it's really powerful. And it's the notion of like, you want to put yourself in states that are very painful without actually being in those states sure. so that you can then empower yourself to overcome those states. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that reminds me a lot of like a lot of stuff that Tony Robbins talks about. 100%. Just, yeah. in, just in terms of like, well, I'm gonna mix two two people. But one, I like the aspect of, of giving yourself a heaven to shoot for and a hell to avoid. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the idea is the same, is that once you see this hell that you could create very quickly, should you choose to do so? Not only that, you know, like the steps it would take yeah. to get you there. Like you can literally plot that path. Mm -hmm. And we looked at each other and smiled because I had sent him something earlier this week about basically uh, going through an exercise of writing a roadmap to misery. Mm -hmm. And like, if you wanted to be as miserable as possible, like how would you get there? And yeah. like, you can come up with five things right away. Yeah. Um, but so it's, it's the, the going back, the first idea of like giving yourself a heaven to shoot for and a hell to, to avoid. Um, because then, you know, the Tony Robbins thing, I think that, I think it's awakened the giant within, but he talks about how in order to get people to change you, they have to believe that the path they are currently on leads to a place that they do not want to go. Yeah. You have to, you cannot afford to go there. Yeah. yeah. Which goes back to the belief that like to find success, you have to go through heartache. Yeah. But like when you talked about like the heaven and the hell, that's how I set, that's how I meditate around the goals that I have is via push and pull factors. Yeah. Right. So like, like I have these visions of like push factors, like things that I want to like step away from and then like visions and meditations of things that are pulling me forward. It's the muse, bro. Right. <laughs> it's the invisible string. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. And it's, yeah. you know, yeah. like, you know, I, grew up and I remember literally sitting around a table like this Yeah. with my, my dad was on one side, I was here and my sister was on this side and he would have conversations with me and my sister about money. Right. And it was always like bickering um, about, Oh, my parents are divorced. And it's like, Hey, your mom's, you know, your mom pays for this uh, or excuse me, I pay for this, right. Being my dad, yeah. your mom doesn't pay for this. Like I handle all the finances in the family. Like, and it was just money was super gross. And I just hated having those conversations. Mm -hmm. And those are things okay. like I'm running from like, I literally envision that instance every single morning or at least a couple times a week. And it's just yeah. something that I'm running from, right? It's that push, right? Get me out of that area. And then I can use pull factors on like things that are pull pulling me forward, right? Like, yeah. you know, th meditations about like, Emily and future families and just like yeah. cool vacations or like all of these things that are, are the pull, the contrary to the push. Yeah. I, there's a, f a few things that I think are worth unpacking there. And the, the first, I mean, we've talked about a lot is this idea of like, you're kind of either a, 
all of the different pieces of you are kind of this collection of like reactions and reflections to your environment growing up. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, it's clear to me then that I, I share actually somewhat similar reaction uh, in wanting to never want me and my family to have to worry about money problems. 100%. And so it's like that, that cause that just like eliminates a huge source of stress for everybody. It's like, there's 100%. enough like crappy things that you have to work through. I, this one is not going to be one of them because it makes everything worse. And, and that comes, that just comes from like, my, I don't, I never saw my, never saw or heard my parents fight about money, mm -hmm. but like, like my dad was talking about on the podcast, like they literally got, we were, they were so poor. They got paid to live in the place that they lived in because it was income based. Wow. And so it was like all the stuff that the, how that made their life that much harder to like, mm -hmm. and now that they've done all this hard work to like get me here, mm -hmm. it's just like. No, absolutely. Like that will never, I know all the stuff they were, they went through in terms of like all the worry and pain and anguish that mm -hmm. worrying about where the money was going to come from cost them. It was just like, yeah. So I, I, I have that like extreme kind of. Well, let me, let me ask you this now. Do you feel like you have to have, cause that again falls in line with the, You've got to go through yeah. failure or heartache or struggle mm. to reach success, which is just a, such a strong yeah. belief that I have. So do you need to have that that push in your life to get to where you want to go? Do you, does, it, so, does it have to exist? I, yeah. That's does it, it have to? Yeah. Or can you just be like, you know what? Like look, the contrary to that is I want to be a millionaire. Right. I want to like fly on private jets. Mm. Right. Like and live the lavish lifestyle. Just like because that's that maybe that's the pull. Can you get can you achieve that with just having the pull or do you have to have the push? Yeah. I, so uh, I would imagine that in those two scenarios, someone who has both is more likely to be successful mm -hmm. in that if and when things go wrong. Right. If and when the, the course of the pull becomes challenging or overwhelming or air quotes overwhelming, right? Mm -hmm. uh, what are they going to fall back on? And if they don't have anything that they are inspired to change from, if they've mm -hmm. not experienced the hardship along the way, I would imagine that it's that much more challenging to remain motivated intrinsically yeah. or extrinsically to continue to pursue yeah. that pull. Yeah. And so part of what I was thinking about is, as you're talking through it is uh, with those experiences, I'm curious to hear in your specific meditations that you're doing, when you revisit those moments of push, particularly the example that you gave with your, your dad or mm -hmm. discussing money, is that something that you like, like what is your process to pull from that, the good that will benefit you moving forward? You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's one thing to get pushed to want to want to be pushed from this thing or to feel it pushing you away from yeah. those experiences. But how are you digging into that visualization yeah. or that experience to derive from that what will make your life better than? And I think I, if I'm if I'm hearing the question right, what I pull from it is the pain because the belief is so strong. Mm. Like you had just mentioned, like finances will not be an issue for my family, and I have that same belief. Right, like money 
is easy to come by and it's a tool mm. for generating opportunities. Like yeah. that's a belief that I have, yeah. right? Like money will not be an issue, right? So when I revisit these like meditations, right? And these visions of things that have happened to me, like I want to feel the pain so that I can let that pain pull me forward or push me forward, right? Because I know like I, I already have that belief that money's not going to be an issue, but now I've got this vision and this meditation that it's like, it's weighing me down. And then I'm like, fuck that. That's not going to be me. That's not going to happen. And it drives me forward. Sure. Does yeah. that answer kind of like, yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. Well, I'll, I, I, I'll <laughs> straight up cry. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like, like seriously. Yeah. Just like, like, cause it's, it, it's literally is emotional. Right. And it's just like, when, you know, I got home from school as a third grader running up the cul-de-sac, right? Bus ride or bus just dropped me off running up the cul-de-sac, got like my snacks and oatmeal cream pies and, you know, got like all my snacks on deck, right? Like, yeah. you know, situated the pillows and I turned on the Disney channel because I re- uh, Luck of the Irish is premiering. Yeah, I did a great <laughs> flick, right? Great flick. And my dad sits to my right and my mom sits to my left. And my dad turns to me and says, he's like, son, your mom and I aren't going to live together anymore. Like that, that sucks. Yeah. Right. And it's just like throughout the rest of my life, like two houses, never a home, right? Like two birthdays, two Christmases, all that shit. It sucks. And I I get emotional talking about it because like it's really hard growing up like that. Right but I know that that's not going to be my future family. Right. And I allow that to push me forward by feeling the pain. Yeah. I, I think that that, that element is uh, so, so, so imperative in this process. I'm a huge believer of this same mindset and philosophy as well mm-hmm. uh, to the point where I think it's maybe a little bit extreme to think of it this way, but to just not even conceive of failure as uh, as a possibility, yeah. right. It's like either things go well or you learn yeah. and therefore things went better. Yeah. Right. Uh, to where it's like, right. Good. Like, <laughs> good. It's okay. So, uh, <laughs> sorry. This Tangent. is good. This is like, I feel out. like this whole podcast is like, it's like down one highway, but yeah. we're going off to like yeah. stop at every single yeah. gas station. I, yeah. like, <laughs> all, you know what? Like, all these gas stations, there are oatmeal cream pies. Yeah. I, am <laughs> yes. I am hounding these oatmeal oh, pies. So, uh, I'm coaching class on Saturday morning. Uh, it was the March. Yeah. So minute of working box jumps and then four minutes of step ups. Right. And I'm yeah, It's like third round. People are clearly hurting, like yeah. but nobody wants to set their slam ball down. Right. Uh, and I'm yelling all this, what I think is motivational shit. And I'm, I'm like, what are you going to say when shit starts? Hitting the <laughs> what do you do when things get hard? And I kid you not a guy in my class athlete goes good. <laughs> so fantastic. And I, I, I love that. Up, I walk over I to him. Like, Hold up. <laughs> so Jocko, are you a big Jocko guy? <laughs> he goes, yeah, oh yeah, big time, big time. And so it's like, it was so oh, funny to see so that. Amazing. Oh yeah, yeah, it was awesome. That is oh, so that's awesome. Amazing. But the, the uh, sorry, we'll get back, get back tier, on the highway. I have a tear. I one tear. <laughs> uh, the reason I think that it's so important is that fundamentally, you, you like people can read it and people can say it and people mm-hmm. can hear it and it's like failure is a good thing. But until you make the mindset shift, until you have the change of perspective to actually be willing, ready, willing, and able to dig into those moments of hardship to get from them that which is going to help propel you forward. And so many people are unwilling 
not ready, not willing, or not able to do that. I two points to that, and I I love everything that you had just said. You know, I I don't believe in in Plan Bs. Like I don't believe in safety blankets. I think that those are the easiest ways to like fall back into right. Like if Plan mm. A doesn't work, then like oh like you know what Plan B is still an option, right? Like it's so an I, excuse not to exactly. Plan. It's exactly yeah. it's an excuse, but I believe that we will fall into becoming the person that we believe ourselves to be. I agree. That, that we will fall into becoming the person we believe ourselves to be, right? Like, so like I've got my journal in front of me here, you know, like every single day I like write down what my beliefs are, right? And it's like, it's things that like, like if you think, if you believe that you're not an experienced attorney yeah right like if you don't think that you can you can stand up with your colleagues and like produce i just i don't know have you read that book no no. as a man thinketh is this what it's about yeah so it's like as a man thinketh so he is 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 the the premise of it it's actually tony robbins favorite book he talks about it uh, you should you should borrow that. I mean, it's got gold trim, so I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you, should, you should either borrow it or you can actually listen to it on like YouTube. Okay, uh, but I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, Sorry. no, 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 no. That's but it's exactly that. So that's the the whole thesis of it is um, as a man thinks, so he is. Yeah, and so like you're so exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, and I it brought me back to John Bellion. It's like the dreams that I wrote down that came to life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this idea of uh manifesting generally scott adams i don't know if you're familiar with scott adams no. he also talks about manifesting okay and this idea that um he's like i don't i don't he's like i don't know if it's real but it feels like it works yeah. because what happens is for whatever reason journaling on it and like forcing yourself to stare it in the face over and over again then that like that trains your focus on that thing and where mm-hmm. you're what does tony robbins say where energy or focus goes, energy flows, energy flows, yeah, something like that. Yeah, but it is. I think that gets to your point of is just like um, you are literally nothing but the collection of your beliefs about the world you're yeah, seeing. Yeah, and if you're not gonna believe it, no one else is gonna believe yeah. it for you. Yeah. You know, and that's why I love what you guys are doing with this podcast because like if you can get one more person to like have that shift yeah. in mindset and those beliefs, like their life is literally going to be entirely changed. Yeah. Like 100%. So that, that's an aspect of the Oasis that I don't actually, to build on the metaphor, right, is like, what does water do but ripple? And so it's like the ripples that we create, like who knows how far those reach. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if this is going on a, on a, this I may be a total tan. We're going on another gas station. Yeah, I'm <laughs> double stuffed. I'm ready to feel But I read that my mom gave me a book over Thanksgiving. Maybe Thanksgiving. I think it was Thanksgiving. It was called Godwinks. And yeah. it was this idea that like, you, you know when you have those instances where you're like, you're thinking about someone and then they straight up text you yeah. or yeah. like, yeah. you know, like Emily and I have this song that we share together. All of my love. I, I don't know who it's by some like rock band or something like that, sure. but it's like, it's just like this cute song that we, we share with one another. The other day I kind of had like a pivotal shift in my career and she's like, Oh, I'm going to go get him a bottle of whiskey. Right. She goes into the liquor store and over the loudspeaker, they're playing the song "All of My Love," and wow. she's like, "Oh my god!" So that's like a god wink. It's like, wait, is it? It's like Zeppelin one. I think so. I, I told you it's like a rock band. All of my love, all my love, all my love to you. Oh, 
<laughs> you crush it. <laughs> Are you? But so is that? What is that? <laughs> Did you press play? Was that Spotify? Uh, but you know, the, the reason I share that is I think that we all have these instances in our life where yes. we're like, oh, like there, there's no way that this is just a coincidence. Sure. And God winks are like their right. God's way of telling you like, you're on the right path, right? Mm-hmm. Like you are doing the right things, right? And if we can lean into those more, we're filled with so much more gratitude that we are on the right journey, yeah. right? I, the reason we're going on so many freaking tangents because you're really shaking my tree. It's causing a lot of apples to fall. But that I, I love everything you're saying. And it's like what my, my one of my favorite movies is V for Vendetta. And there's a line. There's a line in there. And he's like, I, I like God. Do not play with dice. Do not believe in coincidence. Yeah. So that's one aspect of it. Another one is something that we talked about. One of my favorite ways, favorite things that Albert Einstein said is like, there are li- literally two ways you can live. One is as, as, a, is as if everything's a miracle. And one is as, as if nothing's a miracle. Yeah. And it's like, your the external reality doesn't change, but that belief of whether it's like things are happening for me, they're like miracles have like falling from the skies, yeah. and I just don't have my eyes open to them. Yeah, like that. How much more beautiful of a place is oh that? Oh my god! When you when you have the shift between like life is happening for you and not to you. Yeah, it's it's sure. a mindset. Like it, it's it's yeah. a game changer. Ed my life. Yeah. If you guys follow his max out podcast or he's got like a book that like literally is the size of a brochure but it's filled with gold yeah. check it out and just let max out yeah interesting last he apple. also is like jocko where he's like he's oh, like dude this guy's scary last because i want to rope in stoicism before i forget it please so we were talking about extracting value from hardship yeah and that's like the stoic reserve clause right and so it's like there are these things that happen to you in life where if you were a mere mortal and let your human nature get the best of you, you would be inclined to think a certain way about like, oh, this thing is happening to me. This is like, you know, fate robbing me or whatever. But the reserve clause is the clause you take out of your pocket that says, no, 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 I'm not going to go where you want me to go. I'm going to reserve the right to extract value from this, you, this thing you think is going to destroy me. Yeah. And so then it's like, I think Epictetus says something, he's another Stoic, and it says something like, uh, basically, everything that's thrown at the fire makes it stronger. If it doesn't mm-hmm. extinguish it, it makes it stronger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's the same thing in life, right? Like all the, the stuff that's thrown in the flames, it fuels you. Yeah. Right? And I, it's, uh, so I'm having thoughts of, I, I let myself, ye- yesterday? Yesterday. I watched a, a, a good amount of Netflix because they just came out with a new season of Last Chance You. I watched it all. <laughs> okay, first Dude, of all, I love that so show good. so much, so bro. And I'll tell you why. Oh, I'll tell you why. I watched it. I've never seen one I episode. Cry. Oh, I cried. I cried, dude. Paul, you, uh, I, think, oh. I really do care. Is this like Friday Night Lights, Last Chance You? So what, it, they basically, they, they cover, they send this big camera crew to uh, these junior colleges around the country. Okay. That are basically so a JUCO is it's most players use it as like an interim step between high school and college. These guys are trying to make it. These guys are trying yeah. to. They're good, but they're not good enough. Okay. They made like one and or two, maybe some of them like one or two bad decisions in their okay. life, and right? So they like bounce back. Some of the some of the stories they chronicle are insane. That's what I mean. Basically, I the idea is like uh, these guys who they're they're good, but they're not quite good enough. Yeah. And a lot of the stories that they tell is like if football doesn't work out for them, they've got absolutely nothing. Yeah. You know, so it's these kids yeah. who are, you know, 16, 17, 18, 19 years wow. old going to play two years of junior college, putting 
everything on the line yeah. to try to go and get a division one scholarship to go to try to make it to the NFL to yeah. make all the money that they could ever dream of and to yeah. get their family out of poverty. Right. Well, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and the reason that it, it comes so powerfully to mind right now is we're talking about like, uh, is everything a miracle or is nothing a miracle? Yeah. It's like you go, you, you see over the progression of a season, how kids choose to respond to that exact premise. Yeah. And like the good coaches, uh, there've been a, a few different teams that have been, showcased over the course of the different seasons yeah the the i believe the, the great coaches and the great mentors outside of the context of last chance you are the people yeah. who help the people with whom they are working realize that everything is in fact happening for them mm -hmm. and realize that everything is a miracle and to lean into the opportunities and you see a kid who uh there's this one guy in the the most recent season his name is dr walker scott he's a wide receiver it's like DR. five foot, I love it's DR, like five DR. foot eight, like should not be an NFL talent like wide receiver, right? Yeah. Uh, the, the college, Laney College is in Oakland. They okay. don't have dormitories. They don't okay. provide food. So this kid sleeps in his car, goes to school, goes to practice, goes and works nights at Wingstop, and then turns around and does it all again. No way. There's another kid who commutes two hours, goes to school, goes to practice, drives two hours home, goes to bed, and does it again every single day just so he can maybe get the shot of a scholarship so he can maybe get into his next life. And you see these kids are like, how many people would see those circumstances and be like, absolutely not. Like yeah. I could never do that. Which raises another interesting consideration of, of I'm a huge believer that it's in 99.9% .9 of the time, it's not that you can't, it's that you won't. Yeah. Uh, and you won't make the decision to go and do this hard thing. You won't decide that it's happening for you. It's, I don't know. It's just a, yeah. it's, you should watch it. One of my, I was like, yo, can we end the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Especially if you're a football fan, like if no, you like football, dude, like, yeah. it, even if you don't, but yeah. it's such a good show. And like, it is just like, there are certain moments in it that just like pull your heartstrings. So Dior at one point he gets his own place and like his, his eyes when like he's got running water. Yeah. Are just like, dude, like, Oh man. But, yeah. and it's like, but they tell more about, What's wild to me is like you think about the context that some of these guys were like grew up in and what mm -hmm. they've had to overcome to even like create the space and like overcome those mental blocks to be like, oh, I can make I can be better than yeah. you know the environment I was raised in. Like that that blows my mind because this Dior talks about essentially like how he was abused by his father. Yeah. And like there's a dynamic in it all of like uh, his dad trying to like reach out and, and um, it, it just, it breaks your heart. Yeah. 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 I, I, you know, I think that, you know, I, again, like I'm a believer that like to get to success and success yeah. might look like NFL for that individual. And it might look like something totally different, but to get yeah. to that level of success, you have to go through whatever that hardship looks like. And everyone has their own hardship. Yeah. Right. Like everyone has gone through certain like struggles in their life that like are their furnace, right. That like when they have the ability to overcome them can achieve greatness. Yeah. Uh, which I think is an important thing to just kind of note, you know, that everyone's got something going on or has had something, you know, going on. Can I, I have a, I have a follow up question. Then, yeah. I've, in, in all my time thinking about this prospect, I've never actually considered this point. I'm curious to hear yeah. your thoughts on it. Uh, is the level of hardship proportionate to the level of success always? 
Or like, is it, is it in order to get to the highest of highs, do you need to experience the lowest of lows? I think so. Or do you need uh, some yeah, just I, like marginal launching point to inspire the so trajectory? I, I think it's two different questions that you raised. I don't think that the heights you are propelled to is necessarily in proportion to the level of the pain. I think it has to do with like your reflection and um, like what you extract from that thing. Yeah. Uh, but I do, there's, there's something to say, uh, you know, I talk about uh, Nietzsche a lot. Yep. And I actually can't remember if this is Nietzsche or Jung, but I'm pretty sure it's Nietzsche. And he talks about how um, basically, I'm going to butcher the quote, but it's that uh, the, the trees, the tree with like the deepest, with like roots that reach to hell has the leaves that reach to heaven. And so I think it's just this idea of like the appreciation of like when you're, I think there's two things there. I think the most valuable part about being in the depths of despair and like knowing what that does to the human spirit and the human will gives you a level of empathy that cannot exist sure. if you don't experience that. Sure. So like just appreciation and patience for people and a love of life generally that cannot be fully appreciated unless you've experienced it personally. Yeah. To, to, to build on that, I would say it's, it's not about the, the act or it, it's not about what you've overcome. But like, cause you know, who's to say that like, you know, having an abusive father is worse than like being diagnosed yeah. with like a, a debilitating right. disease. Like, yeah. right. what, 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 what's you, worse? Yeah, right. It's, it's like you really, can't really play that really game, slope, right? So yeah. it's like, well, this person had it harder than me, so they they should achieve a higher level of success. Well, it's like, no, it's what you take from whatever that hardship is, yeah. right? So like, your hardship could be like smaller air quotes to someone else. But like, if you use that shit to the best of your abilities and you allow that to really push you forward, then awesome. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? It's yeah. So and then it goes to something we talked about in the past uh, too, of like the unknowable thing. It's like, why, it's like why you can't compare yourself to another person. Like why, you know, if I'm doing a box jump or you're doing a box jump and then like somebody who comes out here for the first time, it's like, that's not a proper comparison for a number of reasons. One of which is like the unknowable thing is I have no idea what sort of mental block you had to overcome to even make that jump in the first place. And sure. that's a lot different than like sure. me who's done it 10,000, like thousands and thousands of times. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, it's, a, it, it, it's just this idea that like you were everything you were just saying of there are just unknowable things um, about that. We just can't know in terms of the story, the power of the story that somebody tells themselves. Mm -hmm. And that gets ingrained in them like by the time they're 12 years old. Yeah. And it's just like, how, how do you, you can't know that. Like that's literally something that's unknowable. Mm -hmm. And so who can say what's worse for sure. Yeah. Well, I, I, uh, coming back to last chance you as well. Uh, I think that part of what fascinates me so much about that, that show and those experiences is it's the stories that, that they know are not stories that they've told themselves. It's stories that their environment has told them. And right. story that if it just shoved down their throat as like, you're from the hood, like yeah. you're like, you should be, you should be happy with your life. Like yeah. th th there's no guarantees here. Right. You're going to be like, the same alcoholic as your father. You're right. Gonna, yeah. Right. It's like this, this is what happens. This is what happens yeah. to people that go here. And like to see them and to see people in general buck the trend of their environment and, and where they quote unquote should be going 
uh, we were talking before we started recording about favorite things that have come out of previous episodes. And like, uh, we did one with my friend Allie a while ago mm-hmm. and she, uh, she's a nutrition coach for working against gravity. Okay. And so she, with all like, her clients often, one of her favorite phrases to use is stop shooting on yourself. Uh, which I thought was, <laughs> it was funny. It, it was makes funny. a lot of sense. I, it, yeah. It uh, was funny. it's like, I, I, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just interesting to see all of the different influences that go into yeah. stories. Which is, what, which is why I think one of the most admirable thing, and we, and I, we didn't talk about this with my dad on the podcast, but like, um, one of the most admirable things in any human being, I think is like when you see somebody that breaks the generational curse of like, they come from a line of alcoholics or they come from a line of cheaters or abusers or whatever, but like the, the, that person in that, law in that jet like that the generation that person in that genealogical tree that decides not me like this this ends with me and like stands up to that like perpetuated thing that's existed mm-hmm. and like changes the course of the, the unborn generations that come after them yeah like to me that's one of the most beautiful things that that like a person can do mm-hmm. and so that's like for you paul right that's your story right like partially like to break to, to not repeat what happened with your parents mm-hmm. is like I gotta I gotta imagine that's a pretty strong thing, right? And like then you create a you create a new story for your kid. Yeah, and I I mean I think if there's like one tie down right for like the person that's listening to this, it's that like they have their own story, yeah, right, and like they have the power to write whatever that story yes. is, and everyone has a story, yeah, right, yeah. and like go fucking write it you know what I mean? yeah. well, and that's, like, and that's yeah. the thing is yeah. like, like believe in yeah. yourself go, enough yeah, to go do. to go do it yeah, yeah. and that's that's where it's like you're 100 right and and i think it's become so easy to focus on the words that have already been written and thinking mm-hmm. that that is how the story ends but the reality is if you're living and breathing yeah. the story isn't like it can have a new ending yeah. like you have the pen and i think you know one like and i i'll i'll use an example but like emily and i recently purchased a fourplex and with the notion and the belief that I am not going to let finances dictate my relationship, my relationship yeah. with my partner or my relationship with my kids, my future kids, right? And I want to make sure that I'm doing everything that I can today to set them up for success tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And there were a million people telling me stories about how I can't buy my first investment property in the four unit realm, right? Like I, I, I should start smaller or yeah. Minneapolis is in a great uh, an investment market. I can't do this. I can't do that. And it literally takes the belief of like, no, I can do it because this is what I believe, right? Like, so any great like yeah. accomplishment or success I've had in my life, I've had the belief before I accomplish the goal, yeah. right? Like you don't become like, uh, say like, a Super Bowl champion, and then you're like, man, I'm a now I'm now I'm a great yeah, right. now now right. I'm a great football player. It's like no, bro, you you knew you were a great football yeah. player, and then you won the Super Bowl, yeah. right? That's just how it works. So yeah. It's like I am a real estate investor. Yeah. Okay, now I found the fourplex. Yeah. Right now, I found the financing. Right, like you have to have the belief yeah. before you can accomplish the goal. So I don't know that we've ever. This dovetails into a lot of things that I wanted to bring up, but I don't know that I've ever actually, actually, I know I haven't told you this, but uh, 
based on what you were just saying, I kind of, I noticed that shift in your own social media presence in terms of like, this is what I am. And that puts it out in the universe. And then the universe can in turn conspire on your behalf if you mm-hmm. put it out there. And so I remember, I remember it full disclosure. And I like, I've never said this to you. Oh God. But there was a point in time. Uh, so we've talked about envy in the past. Yeah. And how I, it's an ugly emotion mm-hmm. and how I had to learn to pick its pocket as like an indicator of the direction I want to go. Yeah. I remember when you started making moves, I was like in such an envious headspace mm-hmm. and it like, it shook me the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And it like got to the point where I actually had to like meet you on Instagram. I'm not joking. Like, like you meet, meet me in real life. Mute, mute you. Oh, mute me yeah, on Instagram. Yeah. Okay. Because I was like, you were so radically pursuing what you wanted to do. Yeah. And it caused this like dissonance in my heart because I knew I wasn't. Yeah. And, and so it created this like envy to well up in me and it took me a while to realize this has nothing to do with Paul. Yeah. Everything to do with what I've been denying about yeah. myself. Yeah. yeah. And so then I instant, like I changed my LinkedIn and now, now it says like, like writer, like all like fitness enthusiasts, like all the things I want to be. Yeah. And it was, then it was like, I was like, I, Paul's the coolest guy ever, like ever. Like, <laughs> but it was literally, it was literally just that. Yeah. So I appreciate you sharing that, man. I appreciate you, you know, getting vulnerable yeah. for a minute and sharing that. Uh, you know, I, I, I think that it takes addressing like those limiting beliefs about, like you had mentioned, envy yeah. to to really get to that next level. Yeah. Right. And I, you're not the first person to be like, yo, dude, I had to unfollow you on social media and I'm not like super active about it anymore. Cause I feel like I've just pivoted my focus to other areas. Yeah. Um, but I think you just got to speak your truth. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, yeah. you know, if people are gonna, no, so that, that, yeah, before I, sorry, go ahead, no, before go ahead, I forget, uh, I also loved what you're saying about all these people like telling you, no, you can't do it. Giving you all these excuses. One of my favorite ways to think about that. It's another Jacko thing. It's like, uh, you know, it's like the same thing when your uh, your like resistance or doubt or like he says like oh hit the snooze button whatever it's yeah like, no I hear you you don't get a vote yeah like huh. like those other voices telling you no it's like no I pre- I appreciate your input but you don't get a vote yeah you know I uh, Emily and I we've gone to I mean we do all the fitness things right around yeah. here it's and you know whether it's alchemy or it's CrossFit or it's Fly Feet like base camp at 45. It's all awesome. At 45 is coming downtown. Oh, yeah. You know. <laughs> all right. Yeah. He's him and Josh have told me 18 times. <laughs> I, I, see. This. I see. I Josh see. Josh is like, you'll like shoot me random text and be like, Hey, yo, did you know? Be like, yeah, dude, you already told me. <laughs> yeah. Scroll up. Uh, no, <laughs> there's one in your voice. <laughs> yeah. Voice film. Hey bro. Did you know that? Hey, just a Tuesday reminder. Here. Just let you know. <laughs> Um, no, but fly feet has like those mirrors in yeah. front of the treadmills and I'm not a big like workout with mirror guys, but like the treadmills are straight up. Like you are looking at yourself. And one of the things, I don't know if this is like sadistic or whatever or not, mm-hmm. or just being like, you little bitch. Give up, dude. Yeah. Like, you don't got this. Yeah. And then I yeah. can be like, yeah. You got this, yes, right? Yeah. You, get, you know yeah. what yeah. I mean? I do. I do. I would say my most, dude, you're not strong enough. Probably my most common piece of self-talk during workout is you shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> yeah, and just and just get back into it. Uh, yeah. Because then, because then you talked about this before. Uh, when I, it's not often, well, not every workout that you're 
drowning in pool sweat, right? Yeah. But there are times that that happens, right? And then yeah. at least the class structure that is alchemy, you start cooling down and yep. you've got time to literally, I stare at myself, the reflection of myself in my own sweat. Yeah. Yeah. And I ask myself like, are you proud of what you just did? Yeah. Yeah. And how, like, how do you continue to make this feeling yeah. happen? Right. And you got to be careful that it's like, it's literally not negative to where it's like, you're a piece of shit. Like if you do this, yeah. like you, it's literally like you use it as fuel, right? Yeah. You, you yeah, want to yeah. like yeah. not actually so, negative self-talk. It's like, yeah, you know? Yeah. So this is where, this is where I think the, the, like, um, the tool of using resistance capital R is like the personification of all of the, excuses, fear, doubt, like all the things that tell you to give up, not show up to shut up all mm -hmm. of those things, uh, like to personify it in a playful way as like resistance and be like, Oh, what's up resistance? Like I hear you again, yeah. because then it becomes a situation of like, you're constantly in this battle against the resistance against the enemy. Yeah. Right. And then, the, like, then it becomes a situation of like, who's going to win, who's going to win this round. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. is it going to be mm -hmm. you or me? Uh, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? So like, I, that's how I like, that's what I, I love thinking about that way because I also have this weird infatuation of like a vision of like seeing myself like dressed as a knight, yeah. like battling like the demons. I, you know, I want to like, maybe this is another gas station <laughs> and if people are coming in like halfway through this, they're like, what the fuck are they talking yeah. about? But like, I don't know if this is another gas station, but there will be times that I'll be like working throughout my day, whether it's like on a phone call with the seller or like helping someone like find an apartment or talking to like a small multifamily owner where I don't feel like I'm being me. I'm being a real estate investor. I'm yeah. being, I'm being like the person that I want to become. You know what I mean? That I'm mm. not like being Paul today. I'm being Paul tomorrow. Right. And like w the reason I share that is like, yeah. I, I feel like you it, it, I don't know. It's just like that, that, like that, you know, you were like that reframe of like talking about like that resistance and like yeah. that angel and demon. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I also envision myself almost like I'm looking at myself in the day, but yeah. I'm looking at myself as the person that I want to become. Yeah. You know what I, I don't know if, the, no, if you I, were like, I, like if, I, if that's I, so weird or no, like, I, I think no. it's great. And I think it's really important. Uh, is that, you know, my, I'll, I'll admit as you were starting that, the pit stop. Yeah. Call yeah. That, right. I'm having this I'm, immediately. My thought process was to like, why would you want to be anything but yourself, man? Yeah. But as you elaborate, it's like, well, wait a minute, because he's just carving the path to yeah. make his current yeah. self, the future exactly. self that he is actively embodying. Yeah. Right. And so, uh, I recently turned 27. Nice. Uh, and, uh, I suppose. Nice. That's funny. Uh, and I like in the first couple of days of turning 27, it's like, not that it's, it's nowhere near like an existential, like midlife crisis, but I found myself in conversation. Like, like you gotta, you gotta start to walk the walk a little bit yeah. better here. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah. you can't like, it's, it's not a huge difference. Right. It's like literally, I mean, objectively it was like a day. Yeah. Right. Uh, but it's, it's just how, how it affected my mindset. And yeah. something about like, no, like you're, you're a different human being now. Like you're growing up. You're, you're, this is how you handle yourself yeah. in your conversations. This is how you show up professionally. Like, Dude. All so, that sort of stuff. Favorite movie of all time. Well, favorite movie of all time is Can't Buy Me Love with Patrick Dempsey. But one of wait, my... Wait, yeah, yeah, on. No, 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 really no, no. Fast. We're going to just skirt past <laughs> <laughs> Donnie Darko. Have you guys seen Donnie Darko? Yes, I have not. One of the... It's a cult classic. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. like It's like 
like thriller, but like I've watched it tonight. It it, it you would literally love it because it, it, like, it brings really in like good. space and like time travel, and it's like it's it's just weird. But there's this that sounds like my yeah. Oh, you would love jam, it. Uh, it's a little scary though. <laughs> like, Emily can't watch no, it. So odd time. Never mind. <laughs> If you haven't seen Odd Thomas, if you want to talk about weird, dark, bringing in like the demon realm, okay, Odd Thomas. Well, but the re- the reason I share the reason I share Donnie Darko is that like there are scenes where there's like this active portal, kind of like like a like a like a stream, like if you think of like a water stream, yeah. but like kind of like a portal, like a tunnel coming from their chest and just like going throughout the room and throughout life. And that person will like follow that stream. That's the right. Threat. So it's like yeah. it's like it's that person. That's a higher dream. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Wow, that's the dying darker. So it's 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 that person. They're living their life in the present, but there's like this path that's pulling them forward, or that's that's yeah. being shown, which I think yeah. is kind of that same concept of like yes, you're living presently, but you're aware of where that path is yeah and then you're actively taking every measure that you need to to pursue that path so i have, I have another question for you yeah uh, hold on before we move on the only other uh well con- got it. yeah got it. I was say, the only other con- connection i want to make is i couldn't help but think when you were talking about how you are actively trying to embody the person you want to be mm-hmm. i think that is like james clear atomic habits like you're casting a vote for the person you want to be yeah. like mm-hmm. every time you do that. Mm-hmm. Like you're like, you know, I think the first step of that obviously, right. Is like setting that anchor. And I think this is probably what you use journaling for, of like setting that ideal, that vision yeah. of like, okay, well, the, like, who do I want to be? What's the vision of the person yeah. I want to be? Because only if I know that person, do I know what steps that looks like? Yeah. And I can say, what does that person do? Yeah. What are the habits of that person? Yo, I mean, like, I know I want to come back to you, Connor, but like last night, like, I wanted to go out with like drinks with my yeah. buddy and like Emily, we we're going to go get, go out and get drinks. I knew that I was going to do this podcast today, but I also knew that to early today now that I had to like do some work on this fourplex. And I yeah. was just like, I had to ask myself like the, does the action I'm taking right now support the person that yeah. I want to be yeah. right. And if it's no, you can't do it. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, I work with a handful of clients uh, doing nutrition coaching mm-hmm. and that's week one always, no matter what. We don't talk anything about nutrition whatsoever. We always talk about what are your goals, what are your why for doing this? Mm-hmm. And the first like habit that I encourage them to build is wherever possible, as, as in as many situations as possible, put a break between stimulus and response and ask yourself in that moment, what decision, what choice can I make right now to build myself into the kind of person that I want to be. Mm. Uh, and I think just that process in and of itself is so, so, so powerful. Um, and uh, getting to the, the question I was going to ask, yeah. it's like we are best friends and have been doing this podcast <laughs> together for a long time because you set me up for it perfectly. <laughs> uh, we've talked about, you know, all these things that the, the practices that are out there and like the books that you can read. And we've talked about the resistances that are out there and the, the environmental and the, you can't do this and you should do this. And mm-hmm. uh, so journaling being one thing, I'm curious to hear other practices that you have, or as you feel comfortable, I'm curious to hear what, if you'd be willing to read one or more of your beliefs uh, and know is a, a question of yeah. appropriate answer here. Uh, just to give, I mean, selfishly, like I'm always looking for ways to make this better, right? Like I've read a lot of the books, I've listened to the podcasts and still it's so easy to fall back into the rut of 
this is just unless what it's I real do. and like yeah. you have a concrete example, it's like hard to know where to start. But then like yeah, yeah. well, I'll, I'll give you guys like my general framework and like journaling is something that like you know I started working with Jason Koontz, who is my life coach. Uh, I'm 28 years old now. I think when I was maybe like 26, and we've covered everything under the sun i mean like you named the book you named the theory yeah uh, i can't name where it came but i just i know yeah, how it applies yeah. right and like i take what benefits me and i discard the rest but like what i've uh fallen into in terms of like my journaling habits are gratitudes and i always do it on these these moleskins Norm, normally it's a, a cute purple moleskin <laughs> there, you go. there you go so. <laughs> um but normally normally the the framework is gratitudes right things i'm grateful for um so like i'll read my entry from this morning first one i'm so very grateful emily and i have tenants that pay rent on time like, yeah, that's that's what I'm for. uh from there i'll go into goals right and i generally will break it down by like 10 year Five year, one year, quarter, month, and sometimes week and day. And I don't always do that every single day. Like for today, for example, I wrote down what my 2020 and August goals were. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I will then at times write about things that I'm proud of in my life. Like, dude, so proud of you that you made it to, you know, CrossFit regionals, 20, whatever it was, right? Like, man, so proud of you that you got up, you know, today when you said you were going to get up and you worked out, right? Like things that I'm proud of. Um, From there, I'll transition into beliefs. And I generally will probably take the most amount of times on beliefs. And just this is literally today's um, journal beliefs. Um, I believe anything is possible through directed positive thought. I believe all people are good at heart. I believe people are kind, courteous, and neighborly when given the opportunity. I believe persistence and determination are the precursors to success. I believe preparation leads to a higher probability of success. I believe money is easy to come by and a tool for generating opportunities. I believe in taking complete ownership of all aspects of life. I believe in living the legend that Something most apparent. Sometimes my writing is hard to read. Yeah, so that's the framework that I will use for journaling. And I, I spend a lot of time on the beliefs. For Interesting. Sure. Can I ask a follow-up question yeah, specifically yeah, about the beliefs? So, uh, beliefs, excuse me. So, are those... Are, do those change? Yeah, 100%. Are those things that are that are different day to day? Are they different week to week? 100%. They- and, it, it, and again, it's like it's... You know, if I were to think of myself like five years... From now and you know if you're listening you guys here like what does that person look like right like what do they believe in right like what what aspects of their personality do you want to embody what would they believe all right this is what i'm going to believe today because this is who that person is how i get and this is how i get to that person right you've got your beliefs you've got your behaviors and you've got your results right and your behaviors are going to be driven by your beliefs and your behaviors produce your results, right? So like you're re- you, oftentimes our goals are results orientated, right? Where it's like, I want to, going back to your nutrition coaching, right? Like I want to lose 20 pounds. That's a result. 
what you're getting to in terms of you had mentioned stimulus break response, yeah. you're getting towards their behaviors. Hey, let's address their behaviors, right? And if you can address the behaviors, you're going to have a more profound impact on the results. But if you can really address their beliefs, hey, I believe that food, food fuels me, that my body is a temple and I don't put anything into it that doesn't fuel my body. Yeah. That's going to have yeah. a profound impact. Right. Which is why I feel like I focus all of my time and energy on the beliefs, because, yo, if I believe I'm the best realtor in Minneapolis, which I am, I'm going to do the behaviors that are required of the best realtor in Minneapolis. And I'm going to have the results that produce, you know, that the best realtor in Minneapolis produces. Um, So you're touching on. I'm like throwing up on this microphone right now. I keep putting your finger down your throat. Keep that happening. I feel like like all of these gas stations continue to lengthen that metaphor are like things that we've touched on in the past. And so the thing that what you were talking about in terms of like identifying a person that you want to try to uh, that inspires you or that you admire and you say what are their characteristics? It doesn't need to be you. It could be like Oprah or whomever. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what we've talked about is this idea of constructing the, the hero. So you yeah. have the hero and the anti-hero. And the yeah. hero is like this version of you that is a collection of all the things you admire about human beings generally. So like mm-hmm. for me, it's like that's why I love the Stoics. Is like that collection is like that's a collection of Abraham Lincoln, Marcus Aurelius, Solomon, my father, and then like, you know, some peers around me generally. Mm-hmm. But it's like going through that process of being like, why, what is it about their writing or their life that resonates with me so much? Mm-hmm. Like, what did they exude mm-hmm. that like I love John Bellion? Mm-hmm. Like he's, he's up there with me too. And he, so the, for him, he sounds like he's number one. bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, so to me, he is the muse. I'm not gonna like, he, I, I came to that realization for me. It's not even that he's a human being. It's like, to me, he represents the muse so like why does he represent yeah because he is the quintessential example of this is another thought i had uh while like and in the in the throes of when we were talking about like the period of after it's deep intense exercise and deep rest is where like random things hit you remember so that line pre and preoccupied that we were talking about of like that's my baby yeah I couldn't figure out what he meant by preoccupied. I'm glad I live my life preoccupied. I was like, what is he talking about? And I realized traditionally when we say preoccupied, we use it to mean busy. I'm glad I live my life busy. I was like, that doesn't make sense here. Like, what is he? And I thought, I was like, preoccupation. He never, he never had, he never had like a job that he, he had been, he's been making music his entire life. He's been Mm -hmm. living preoccupied, like preoccupation. Interesting. He's doing yeah. what he loves. And like, so to, to me, he represents this like just complete unfiltered pursuit of like who he feels like he was meant to be inside yeah. in terms of like just music. It was never about money for him. Like it was literally about, about making music and like being the best he could at that. And like the rest would take care of itself. He's still, he like, he is the same as one of my favorite songs too. And it's like, all it's about like, he's the same dude. Like he got famous, but like, so why, why, why is it important then that like why that he follows his music right and he is pre like why is that important to you yeah because it represents the thing that I have denied myself uh, and that I'm getting back to so that which is which is like the writing the poetry and why the do you piano. think you've denied yourself 
those things? Yeah, it, well, I think it's a few things, but I think generally it was because um, I just had this idea of like this construction of who I thought I had to be yeah. in order to like all the pieces of me that received admiration mm -hmm. growing up. Uh, th those were the things I then learned to cultivate. And like mm -hmm. those, a large part of that being like, um, generally like my thoughtfulness and like my intellect and all these things. And I was like, well, I better do something with it then. Yeah. And then it just got to the situation where that kept getting fed and fed and fed. And so I started to construct this identity around, um, basically my like this fusion of work ethic and intelligence in a way that like I looked for the avenue where I felt like that would I would be able to shine yeah and to me the the road that seemed like the the one that led to the most to to, to highlighting the thing that I was most praised for yeah growing up was to be a lawyer yeah and it, I mean it's 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 to a certain extent, it's, it's turned out true, but then now kind of I, what I, you go through what I call quake moments, mm -hmm. like these moments of extreme agitation that happen when you go through a heartbreak or whatever, like you get into this really weird spot and then all of a sudden, everything that you think about the world, the like the foundation seems to rumble mm -hmm. and it's just like it all cracks and you have to reconstruct it. And so it's like all of your beliefs about who you are and what you want to be. It's like you, you had to like, this happened like a year ago for me. It's like, you have to reconstruct that reality. And so that was for me when that was when I realized I was like, and what part of it is I went to this dream big conference it's called, but a lot of what you do is you spend time kind of examining your past echoes, like how mm -hmm. things from the past are echoing into the present and kind I of like continuing that. to shape how you are as a person. Yeah. And I started to realize that effectively I love my parents to death, but it's like, you start to see the marionette pulling the strings of like how all of these things I was doing in my life were a function and reaction to, um, kind of that system. Yeah. So like, I was just like, and then I started to question of like, am I even me? Like <laughs> you question everything. Well, so I, scary I, 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 I me to like, throw you down a tangent there. But one of the exercises that I will do in journaling a lot is to ask myself why seven times. Yeah, Have yeah. you gone through that? Yeah. I will do it. Yeah. Right. It's like, you can, when you, like, you've, you've been through those things, like, yeah. Oh, this is what this dude's doing. But like, you know, like goal, it goal for the month is this. Yeah. But, well, why is that the goal? Right. And you work through it those seven times and at, by the time we finish, sometimes, you know, I'll be crying. Sometimes I'll be laughing. You know, it'll just be like, mm -hmm. it really digs yeah. down into really why you want to do it. And then the reason I, I, I went down that path is now that you've got really what that base level is, yeah. now you can flip that into a belief in some way that's going to pull you forward or push you forward, yeah. right? Because right. it could be a right. limiting belief that you uncover. And now you've got to work to against it. Yeah. But... Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's all phenomenal stuff. I really want to do, did you ever listen to that Blake Mikoski with Tim Ferriss? I haven't. You haven't? You should. I haven't. Are you familiar with the Hoffman process? No. Uh, so I don't, I basically. Hit us with it, Noah. Real well, time. Yeah. So what they do is it's literally, it takes, um, kind of, it's a, it's a, on a grander scale, what I just described about, you basically go to this retreat for like. I think it's like four or five days. I really want to do it.
but you go to this retreat and basically it's like there's not technology and the entire space is dedicated to like being guided through this process of just basically like rummaging through your entire past and thinking about like like the annoying things that you do or like maybe like the the certain things you do in public or certain things you say or uh like certain ways that you react to people or certain patterns you have, all of these things is you start to literally examine every aspect of your life and think about where does that come from? Does that still serve me? Is yeah. that like something I actually believe or is that something that I was told that I just like inherited? Is that like an inherited belief or is it something yeah. that I actually truly? Yeah. And that's, that's why I actually I started writing so much is because it's forced me to think through the things I say, I think. And I'd stare at it on a paper and be like, that doesn't sound right actually. And so then I have to change it and then I can, so it's like unspooling this ball of yarn that my brain is when it's tangled. So then I can repackage it back into my brain more efficiently. So how beautiful is it that coronavirus and COVID-19 has given all of us the opportunity. I imagine you the opportunity to spend more time on these kinds of things. Yeah. Right. Like obviously this is all the, there's a lot going on, especially in Minneapolis and like a lot going around around the world, but how beautiful is that? Like, again, going back to life happening for you and not to you, like you probably wouldn't have had this opportunity to really dig down had it not been for everything going on in the world. Do you want to do you want to relate that to a past? Po- this is like a summary of our like podcast. It's so I, I'm 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 being, as as this conversation is <laughs> just like smirking internally and externally. It's yeah. like, uh, you asked, it's like, well, well, like, what do people talk about? <laughs> I have a feeling, Paul, that you're not going to struggle to fit yeah, in with, with, uh, with what we did talked Did you about listen here. to every podcast? <laughs> no, right, but, put them in the audience. Um, yes, it's something we've talked about in the past. This, this premise of collateral beauty. Yeah. Uh, you know, these things happen, and in all of it. What is the beauty that comes out of that moment, and yeah. how do you how do you cherish it, and how do you take from how do you how do you derive that beauty from the hardships, right? How do you grow from failure? Yeah, I don't know if you've seen that movie. It's a Will Smith movie. If you haven't, you need to watch. You mean it. Hitch? Hitch is also a Will Smith movie. <laughs> uh, but no. a great Will Smith. Right? <laughs> I love Will Smith. Also, we don't have to talk. Actually, I do want to talk about this. Are you guys the thing with his wife with uh, his wife? Like cheating on him? I saw I saw something. Uh, I can't say that I I like watched. Okay, we don't need to go on that path because I don't really know. One thing that like uh you know the people like listening like I I don't watch the news. I don't watch the news at all. Good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And even though I post, you will not as much now on social media, but like I don't spend much time on social media either. Get in, get out. Get in. Yeah. (laughs) Hundred (laughs) percent. No, but so the, the collateral beauty to just explain that a little bit more. Yeah. Um, so we talk about uh, kind of the second and order, second and third order consequences of a particular situation is generally being bad. And so in this yeah. particular movie, uh, his daughter dies at a very young age. Mm-hmm. And so um, if you think about the wreckage that occurs when a really truly devastating things happen, thing happens, we tend to call that collateral uh, damage. Yeah. But instead of like thinking about it that way of like, let me look for all of the wreckage. So this, the perfect example of this is like after all of the riots, right? Yeah. It would be really easy to look at the riots and the destruction and think, look at all this collateral damage. But the next day, what do you have? People out there helping yeah. and like in their community coming together, right? So like that's the collateral beauty yeah. that wouldn't have been allowed, right? Yeah. And so it's like, and that's also another example of the collateral beauty we've talked about 
um, because this has helped me like shape my belief about it as we've like observed concrete examples. And it's like some of the zoom like reunions with friends mm -hmm. that has happened that mm -hmm. like it took something like it sucks that it took something like this, but like it did. And like, that's another instance of like the collateral beauty. And the, the idea is just that like you find what you're looking for. Yep. And so again, that's where I think the journal is an important piece. I candidly struggle to journal. Yeah. It's just not, it doesn't do, I would much rather like write in a different way. Yeah. And you got to find what works best for you. Like I've gone through so many different yeah. of these and like I've gone through spells where like I haven't journaled in two weeks and just like I, I'm I've journaled now consistently every day I think for the past eight months at least and just wow. like you, you you for for me it's it's journaling right I, yeah. I like I, I like to wake up early that that morning coffee the journal gratitudes goals beliefs keep it simple that just like puts my day off on the right path for some people, like for Emily, for example, she likes to journal in the evening, right? Like that's her like calm down and like, you know, like meditation yeah. focus, like maybe a little yoga flow, alchemy flow kind mm -hmm. of a thing before like whatever is going to like fill your tank. And I think going back to like the Stephen Covey time matrix, like you got to, if you're not spending time in non-urgent, important, like if, if you're not spending time in that box, this is not urgent, but yeah. it's super fucking important yeah goals meditation exercise if you don't spend time there you're you're not going to be you're not going to be moving forward yeah. you're, you're going to be drifting yeah right i i guess i kind of cheated a little bit i like cause, so what you got something well right? and you do you, i was just telling you about how i like take notes like i yeah. like, read those in the morning like that's what you've I'll got do. you've got the daily yeah. stoic you've got this you've got that like you for sure have it you yeah. might just not do this yeah and this is not the same for you know, it's not, but a uh, there, and that's all. funny you say that because I, I, what I will use it as a tool is like, if there's something that's in my head, there's like, this is baggage. I don't want to carry with me the rest of the day. I need to just write it down. Mm -hmm. That, that has, uh, I, I will share this with the world at some point, but one of my, I wrote a poem recently and it is, no one knows me like my notepad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, hmm. and it's just that, this idea that like all, all of the things going in my brain that I like, all my deepest anxieties, secrets, like no one knows me like my notepad yeah. because it just, everything goes there to like release it's my brain of like the mental baggage that you would otherwise carry around. Yeah. But it's interesting. And when you really, when you really realize that everyone else has those same things, that's yeah. when that's truly beautiful. And that's yeah. what something like this podcast can help create is that like, we've all got those, those limiting beliefs and, you know, vulnerabilities and the more that we can share them with those around us, the more that they would feel comfortable in taking those steps to better, you know? Yeah. Yeah. One thing I do want to make sure that we talk about is, so you kind of, uh, I, I noticed the shift in kind of the big social media push that you had what, a year, year and a half ago. Yeah. Or so. Um, and so I suspect that, uh, that was partially, um, fueled by, when did your relationship with Jason start? Like, I couldn't like, tell you. I 26. Yeah, twenty six. I'm twenty eight now, so a couple of years ago, maybe twenty seven. Honestly, so I pro tell probably, you. probably we've been working together for yeah. a, over a year, like probably yeah. eighteen months. So, the point being is, I would imagine those tracks aren't too far from being synced up in terms of when you started to, to like take really active steps toward, you know, crafting the life that you wanted to. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm wrong there, um, but my question is. Uh, 
once you kind of made that shift and made that dedication and said, like, you know, put your flag in the ground and said, yeah. all right, I need to start taking concrete steps to like make this thing happen. Mm-hmm. Um, what did, what were those first initial to like get momentum going? What were like the things where you're like, all right, I'm going to like put these, put these targets up and knock them down. Yeah. I mean, my favorite book of all time is extreme ownership by Jocko. Oh, okay. And like, like, like it, so order, it goes Jocko's extreme ownership, think and grow rich. If you haven't read that point, Hill, Hill, Hill yeah. fucking amazing. Uh, but like literally I read that book and it was just like, holy shit. Like I, even for someone that like has had success in the athletic realm and like, I feel like I'm doing a lot of the right things. I'm like, I'm making a lot of excuses. Right. So I think like the first step is just realizing that like the ownership and like the buck stops with me, but I have complete ownership over every single aspect of my life. And like, you know, Jason has helped, I think, you know, I would say primarily with like the limiting beliefs that hold me back from achieving what some of those goals might be. Uh, but step one was Jocko's book, 100%. Yeah. So, okay, you get to the point, and, and not to like, oh, you said a book, so I had to say a book. Yeah. My favorite book on excuses is, is one called uh, The Magic of Thinking Big. Okay. And he, he talks about it as excusitis and how it's like <laughs> what we all have. Yeah. Um, and so that made it really like, like when, when that, the way he talks about the excuses that people make and I realize I recognize those excuses as ones that I make frequently. And then the way he kind of portrays it as like, I, like you, I know you're telling yourself that like all of these things and like you, you think they're rationalizations, but in reality it's resistance trying to get you from following your muse. And like, there's like all these excuses are excuses like you yeah. don't have to make it, so, right? you can't I, or you won't I, I think i think literally the, the 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 pivot to answer the question like in short is literally just the decision that you're, you're going to make a change right and it it doesn't need to be like some radical like yo like you know what i'm done with all this shit like tomorrow i'm gonna be like super successful and like this is what i'm doing it's like yo like smart with like just like one change you know what I mean? Like, yeah. try, like if you think about who that person that you want to be is, just like try and embody just like a little bit more of them tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. Like maybe wake up 15 minutes earlier, yeah. right? Like maybe you make your meal instead of going to free house, right? <laughs> like maybe you just do one little bit different thing to kind of embody that person. Or maybe you know that that person believes this. Yeah. So you, you, you jot it on a post-it note or a notepad and put it on your mirror and that's it. Right. But like you made that one little shift, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so I think it starts to answer your question with just a pivot, like just like a small pivot and mm-hmm. then like continue to pivot, build on that pivot, continue to, you know, like feed the flame. Right. Like we chatted about. And then before you know it, you got a blazing fire. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned it, you mentioned it already, this, this concept of atomic habits and just yeah. 1% better every single day. Mm-hmm. It's crazy how that, how long time compound interest. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And uh, like, so as I, um, to, to give a concrete example of that and how that works, the, the mental hook that I use is the idea of, uh, aim big, start small. Yeah. Um, and so like when I started wanting to start playing the piano again, I've something I've wanted to do for years. Yeah. But what I always ran into, uh, was I would, I would overcommit. So I would be like, I'm going to play, you know, an hour four times a week or whatever it was. And as soon as I shifted it to, no, I'm going to play 15 minutes. And so like 
just that time commitment, like making it short, like something I would actually do. Connor's talked about in the past, like the best nutrition is some is the one that nutrition plan is the one that somebody will actually do. Mm-hmm. And so you start with the thing, like give yourself a little grace to start small. Like I, give yourself the permission to suck at something and like not be the best at it and start really small first. And then yeah. obviously it grows over time. The, the frame that I use, it's the same exact thing. Uh, I have it written down at a, on a whiteboard in my room, macro attitude, micro focus. Yeah. Right. So it's That's like, yeah. like, what's that huge big thing? And it's like, okay, what do I need to do today? Right yeah. now, this minute, this second. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Macro attitude, micro focus. So uh, this is, we're, we're hyperlinking back to like a, a, the very beginning of this podcast, but I wanted to make sure that I asked you about it. So you talked about this driving push and pull force and like mm-hmm. this idea that using pain, imagined pain mm-hmm. to kind of propel you toward something. And so what my question is, I know you have gratitudes in your journal, but it mm-hmm. seems to me that using pain that way could potentially eat into like your ability to be content. Yeah. Do you struggle with that at all? The ability to be content? Yeah. Cause like if, if the idea is that you're constantly motivated by pain. Yeah. Well, the, the, like I, I was diagnosed with type one diabetes when I was, you know, 15 years old, but like that experience, which was like, I think one of the biggest experiences in my life I'm so grateful for right like so I'm grateful for the pain that it caused which provides me a high level of contentment right and bliss because I know that like what the that experience provided to me has you know paid tenfold right or ten over right like I, I wouldn't be as determined or as persistent as I am today, had that not happened to me. So I'm very grateful for that. Yeah. Right. So it's like, yes, it's pain. Right. And I don't wish it upon anyone, but it's grateful pain, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I do know. I, I um, maybe I would pose the question in a poor way. Uh, it, um, maybe I'll just ask, what do you struggle with the most? It's a, it's a hard question. Yeah. Um, you know, I think like for me, the speed is something like I, I want it and I want it now. Yeah. Right. So that, so that gets the heart of my question is how do you slow down? Right. And that's something that like mm-hmm. as a driver is yeah, super right. hard for me to do. So it's like, it is a constant battle. And the way that I address it is providing myself frameworks, like wake up at this time, you must coffee, you must journal, you cannot check emails yeah. before you finish. Check out. Uh, so it's like, it's, it's providing the, the frame, but my biggest challenge is, is slowing down so that I can speed up. And, you know, making sure that I continue on a daily basis to provide the frameworks that allow me to do so. Yeah. I struggle with that a lot. Um, Because it's like... (sighs) 
well, a question that I can never answer and I've tried over and over again is like how to straddle this line. And I would be curious. We've, I think we've tried to talk about this, this line between being content and being complacent mm-hmm. feels the same. A lot of times it's like, but I don't think it is. And that's where I think I personally just have to like flesh the idea out because in my mind, I'm telling myself that they're income. Like I'm either, I, I use a fear of complacency to basically rob me of contentment. So I like, because I'm so worried about being complacent and not continuing to grow, then it's like, I'm never fulfilled. I'm never satisfied where like, you know what I mean? I think, and so in my mind, I tell myself this story that I can't exist at the same time that you can combat complacency and be content simultaneously that's the riddle I'm trying to solve is how do I make that shift mentally to say, no, 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 you can strive for growth, but be content. But then to me, do my actions of continuing to strive and drive and drive and drive suggest that maybe I'm not content after all. I fear that I'm going to give the exact same answer <laughs> when we, the last time we talked about this, but I think it comes back to uh, fundamentally reframing how you think about what it means to be content and what it means to be complacent. It's like if you are if you are taking action to strive towards something, whatever that thing is, right? You're chasing chasing some goal, you're chasing farther along the spectrum away from yeah. con, uh, complacency. Like to have to have checked those boxes, to have made those actions can in and of itself be a manifestation that allows you to say, I am content with the things that I've done. Uh, and I think, I think it, so I think it, it's, it's internal right on like what, again, you had mentioned like what your definition, like what, what fills personally complacency and contentment. Like for, I, I'll use the example. Like I remember touring this this young couple into this it, the 01 stack at Harvester Lost and 01 stack meaning like right now we're in unit 704 like below it is unit 604 and below that is 504 it's the same stack it's the same apartment I toured this young couple through the 01 stack at Harvester and was like I walked in and was like this place is fucking awesome right like gorgeous hardwoods exposed brick lofted ceilings like arched windows two enclosed bedrooms as opposed to like an alcove styled bedroom. And I was just like, I'm going to live here one day. Hmm. I'm going to live here one day. And like last November, you know, life happens. And like, I was able to fulfill that vision, but like in fulfilling that vision, a lot of other areas of my life fell to the wayside because I felt like with that materialistic achievement, I was like, yo, I made it. Sure. I'm done. Sure. I made it. Right. So like the reason I share that is like, that was a materialistic manifestation of, you know, like being content where yeah. like, you know, being content needs to come from like personal bliss. It needs yeah. to be internal. So that's my answer yeah. to your question. I, yes, hundred percent. And that's why I think I answered my own question. And that I think it goes back to this idea of kind of systems versus goals yeah. framework. And yeah. like, to me, it's like trusting the process. And so you can combat complacency by returning to this 
process oh, that you love because there's nothing but the process. And then the contentment on the contentment side, I think you're right in that it's like, I think the shift is just like, as long as the thing I'm not striving for is the, the attainment of material things. You're fine then. then you're yeah, because the, like happiness isn't there. It's like Derek yeah. Sivers, right? It won't make you happy. Right. Yeah. Right. You know? And so I think that's it. I think maybe that's the, maybe that's the flip for me is that um, as long as I can consistently ask myself the question of, again, why do I want this thing or why am I doing mm-hmm. this thing? Is it to, is it to have more money, like a bigger apartment? And so that's, that's what your, I think. Your, I, your, your, your goal should never be, the why should never be fulfillable, but you should always feel fulfilled. Yeah. So like, that why you can never mm-hmm. fill that bucket with enough water, but it will always feel filled like in your heart of hearts, right? Because it's just like, you know, you're on the right highway. Yeah. So it's like, you're, yeah, that's that, what I would that, bring it back to. Forward. If you can achieve your why, you know, you need to feel your why. Yeah. And that's this, that tripped another trigger of, something that we talked about a long time ago and this idea of like fulfillment being the process of filling in the outline of who you could become. Mm -hmm. And so like if somebody were to sketch an outline of like you, like the, the, to me, like the process is like continuing to color in color that in knowing it will never fully be colored in. Yeah. But you're continuing, continuing to like, or next week, you're, or, or you might color in all the lines, and then yeah. you know what? The next week, you're going to go back to that same drawing and yeah, fill yeah, it yeah, in with yeah, a different yeah. color. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. That's a, it's a, for whatever reason, I, it's like one of those things where I'm convinced as human beings, like, we need to be reminded more than we need to be taught. Because, mm-hmm. like, we've heard all these things, and it's just so easy, so human yeah. to, like, forget them mm-hmm. from time I, to time. I agree. I hope people got some stuff out of this. I know I did like this podcast. I think it goes so fast. <laughs> it and it's so it does. fun. It always so, does. It's so fun. I'm and excited I, to dig into your guys' library on like some of, you know, the other people that you guys have interviewed yeah, and stuff. Yeah. And hear the, the, the future people on the podcast. Yeah. You have any, you have any uh, oh, suggestions shoot. for us? I mean, like, dude, if you want to get like a, a killer on here. You get Jason Koontz. Yeah. I, know, I would, I would love that. Do you get, J- yeah, that. hell yeah. You yeah. get Jason Koontz. Um, Rene Rodriguez. I don't know. I don't oh, he I would love to do a podcast that. right now if you can carve out time in the schedule. Uh, Erica Jones, right? I know Erica. Yeah, uh, Erica Jones. Lulu? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. She plays in this this personal development space yeah. a lot. Yeah. Be a good female. Yeah. Uh, those are the three people that come to mind straight away well yeah. it's recorded so we're on the hook <laughs> we got it we got it oh, yeah. Yeah. We're we're out out. That's right. yeah. Place now. yeah that's uh, right yeah so the when i feel like we say this with every guest we have on but we're gonna have to have you on again because there's a ton of things that we want to talk about yeah. that we didn't touch on but the one thing i do the question i want to pose um and then i think we should send off with the comfort challenge and i i have one if you don't uh no let it rip man um, yours are yours are notoriously good. I'm, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you uh, this question first, mm-hmm. and then I'm gonna describe the comfort challenge to give you a little time to think. Yeah. So, um, my question is, if you think about like your future child, yep, right, and for some unforeseeable and tragic reason, they're never you're never able to relay the message that you want to relay to them. Yeah. 
this podcast is all they have is like a memory of you. What thing that you've said or not yet said on this podcast, what is that message you would want to leave for them and like how to live life well? Because this will be your addition to what we consider the collective oasis of wisdom that we hope to swirl about. I love this. Yeah. So think about it. Now I'm going to, I'm going to, the comfort challenge I want to do is a process you could do via journaling. And so it's, it's based on that growth poster. And so the process is you write a letter to your younger self, like the Quinn 92's new album. Yeah. A letter to your younger self thanking them for certain things. And then a letter to your older self. The idea being that like the letter to your younger self is like, how have I let you down? Like, how can I get you back? Like you're my baby. How can I cultivate you? Like right. what are you, what are, what have you been yelling at me? Because it's this idea. I, that's why I love. I think the metaphor of the baby is so deep. Because what do kids do when you're not giving them attention? They lash out. Like they're the ones that are like screaming for attention until you give it to them. Yeah. So it's like, what are you trying to bring to my attention that I'm ignoring? That I'm not hearing? What are you saying that I'm not hearing? What are you pointing me to that I'm not seeing? Write that letter to your younger self. Mm-hmm. And then to your older self, it's this idea that like, how can I serve you? Like you're my hero. How do I make sure that's the case? Because you're going to meet that man one day. And so it's like, what I, the, the thought exercise would be, you know, you have this for your older self. It's like, and your younger self is like, you write these letters and, and the idea is like, you're going to walk down a road and you're going to meet him one day. Mm-hmm. And like, you're going to hand him that letter. Are you going to be proud to hand them that letter? Are they going to be happy to see you? Like, are you serving your older self and your younger self at the same time? Um, like, is everything in alignment? And so it's just go through that process. And we'll, we'll do it too, obviously, because as part of these comfort challenges, we do them also. Um, and then the idea is like, we'll talk about it uh, next week on the podcast. And um, if you want to shoot me like a voice message or something, then we can kind of have your reaction on it too. There you go. Um, so you want me to also do the comfort challenge and write a letter to my younger I do. And older self? I do. Okay. I do. And then I want to, I want to. So this is like something that I would journal about. In yeah. The morning. So I love this. Yeah. Yeah. hundred uh, percent. Do you have your answer? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the thing that I would want to tell my future child and that I would offer to the Oasis uh, is dream bigger and tell the non-believers to f off. Oh, can we change it to tell tell them they don't get a vote? <laughs> I just got my first tattoo. <laughs> You're making it happen. Uh, oh, that's fantastic. Uh, well, Paul, um, thank you for joining us. Of course, uh, yeah, I don't even know that we officially allowed you to introduce yourself. <laughs> yeah, wow. yeah, we're in too deep. We can just post. play play this play it back. Maybe. Yeah. My name is Paul Begich. I'm the best realtor in the city of Minneapolis. I'm a real estate investor and the best partner on the planet to Emily Miller. And I'm an all around badass dude. There you go. Where can people find you, Paul? Penthouse Paul on Instagram. <laughs> I love um, that so much. It's, it's fantastic. I'm like toying yeah. around with, with what they just yeah. said. Um, Penthouse Paul. Uh, you can find me at Free House when I'm eating uh, or anywhere in the North Loop. Still at DRG. Still at DRG. Yeah. yeah. Downtown um, Resource Group. Um, uh, slanging apartments still. Condos, Condos. multifamilies, apartments. Yeah. You name it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, brother. 
Well, Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate you, man. Um, Thanks for making the time. Absolutely. And uh, our typical sign-off here is uh, a little Latin phrase translates to "Let there be light," and it's "Fiat Lux." So that's how I sign off every podcast. So to our listeners, Fiat Lux.